You're listening to Why, a sermon series about some of Christianity's greatest questions. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. Still in this series that we have titled Why, Why, and we've been looking at some of life's difficult why questions. I really hope that it's been a blessing to you. We'll wrap it up next Sunday. Uh, God really has spoken to me through this series. He's really stretched me through this series. And uh, we've been, again, looking at these difficult why questions. The first week we talked about why don't we always feel God's presence. The second week we talked about why didn't God answer my prayer. Last week we talked about why would God use me. And as we, as we start today, uh, I want us to look at a very familiar passage in the Bible, a very familiar passage. You've probably seen it before, uh, but it's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And here's what the Bible says. It says, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, isn't that a great verse? If, you, if you've ever heard it before, it's a great verse. Well, if you don't know, a guy by the name of Paul wrote that. He wrote that verse right there. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, that's okay. Because when we first meet Paul in the Bible, he's actually not a Christian either. He's not a Christian uh, either. He, but he was a very religious person. He was a very religious person. And that's really how a lot of people are in the South. You know what I mean? They're very religious, uh, but they're not always uh, a Christian. They don't always have a relationship with Jesus. And so Paul was a Pharisee, which means he probably had all of the Old Testament memorized. He was very, very passionate about his religious laws and about religion, but he did not have a relationship with Jesus. In fact, Paul hated people who had a relationship with Jesus. He would have them arrested. He would have them killed sometimes. And if you look in the book of Acts, you can actually read about his conversion. You can read about him, how he is, he, he meets Jesus, how uh, Jesus just uh, transforms his life in an amazing way. And Paul goes from someone who hated Christians to somebody who travels all around planting churches, starting churches, and telling everybody else that they need to have a relationship with Jesus, that they need to become a Christian. It's crazy. But the problem is, is that religious people always tend to hate people who have a relationship with Jesus. And so that's what happens with Paul. Paul gets a relationship with Jesus and the Pharisees, they begin to hate him and they begin to do everything that they can to make his life miserable. And so they arrest him. They throw him into prison. And I want you to see again what Paul says in Philippians 4.13. It says, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul writes that while he is in prison. And it's an amazing, amazing verse. So I just want you to hang on to that verse because it's going to be real important for us a little later on. Now, ever since I came out on stage, uh, how many of y'all saw the bike? If you can't see the bike, you need glasses. Uh, y'all see the bike, right? Uh, and so you're probably wondering what in the world is this bike for? Well, so here's the deal, man. Uh, this is my bike. You know what I mean? I didn't borrow this bike. This is my bike. Uh, it's a Walmart special. You know what I mean? I, I love this bike here. It's 21 speed. Some of y'all got a 21 speed. It, yeah, one, yeah, got a 21 speed. And so here's the deal. Ever since I got this bike, you know, uh, I've been learning some pretty cool tricks on this bike, okay? Like I can actually ride this bike across the stage on, on the back wheel. How many of y'all want to see it? You ready? A couple of people want to, all right, get your cameras out, going on Facebook, right? Here we go. Oh, 
I left my helmet at home, so I can't do it. Safety first, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to do it since I don't have my helmet. But anyway, I love this bike. Uh, it's, got, it's got 21 speeds, and so it can make it very easy for you to ride up a, up a, up a hill. It makes it real easy for you to, to do that. But there's one thing wrong with this bike right now. Can anybody see what's wrong with the bike right now? It's got a flat tire. It's got a flat tire. So uh, let's pretend this morning that you are a bicycle mechanic. Is that even a thing, a bicycle mechanic? No, we'll make it sound real good. Uh, let's pretend that you are a bicycle maintenance engineer. That's what we'll call you. So let's pretend that you guys are bicycle maintenance engineers. And so I come to you on my bike. You know what I mean? You are the professional. And I tell you, you know what? There's something wrong with my bike. You know what I mean? It's riding kind of rough. When I'm riding it, it's making this noise. It's not really, not really doing what I think it's supposed to do. And so I don't know what's wrong with it. Can you tell me what's wrong with it? You would look at the bike and you would say, well, I can tell you exactly what your problem is. What's the problem? It's got a flat tire. You say if you change the tire, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll ride the way that it's supposed to. But what if I looked at you, the professional, and I said, no, 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 I don't think it's the tire that's really causing me issues. I think what this bike needs is a new seat. If we put a new seat on that thing, that dude is going to be great. That thing is going to ride the way it's supposed to. What would you say? You would say, hey, you know what? You can put a new seat on there, but unless you change the tire. Unless you change the tire, there's no way that that bike is going to ride the way that it is supposed to. And so what if, again, you say that, and I look at you and I say, no, 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 I don't think it's the tire that's the issue. What this bike needs is it needs one of those bells. You know what I mean? One of those bells you put on the handlebars here so you can go cling, 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 cling. I think, hey, man, if you get one of those bells on that bike, this bike is going to be, it's going to ride the way that it's supposed to. What are you going to say? You're going to say, hey, you can get a bell on that bike, but again, unless you change that tire, unless you change that tire, it's not going to work the way that it's supposed to. And I say, you know what? I think I'm wasting your time. I think I'm wasting your time because I don't, I don't think that it's the tire. I think the problem with the bike and the reason why it's not running right, the reason why it's making noise, the reason why it's just difficult is because I've been riding it in the wrong place. If I said, you know what? Maybe if I stop riding it in my neighborhood and I start riding it in the park or I go ride it in a different city. Maybe, maybe if I do those things, you know what I mean, maybe it'll ride better. You would look at me and you'd say, look, you can ride that bike in a park, you can ride that bike in a different city, but again, unless you change the tire, it doesn't matter where you ride it, that bike is not going to ride right. You'd say, this is obvious. Can you not, can you not see this? This tire is flat. You would say that it's, it's obvious. And so my question for you and for all of us this morning is, is this. What's the one thing in your life that you need to change? What's the one thing in your life that really is obvious? The one thing that's really obvious that you need to change. What's the one thing that everybody else keeps pointing out to you that needs to change, but you keep saying, no, that's not it. That's not 
the problem. See, the truth of the matter is we talk about our life the same way I talked about this bike. Somebody will tell us, I think this is an issue for you, and we say, no, 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 that's not it. We think maybe, maybe you know what, if I'll change my wardrobe, if I'll change the way I look, I'll feel better. I'll be able to, to do things right. We'll, we sometimes think, you know what, maybe we, sometimes we like gadgets and all, and so we think, man, if I get a new car, if I get a new truck, if I get a new house, that's going to make me happy, and that's going to make me function the way that I should. That's really what we think. Or sometimes we say, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe I need a new marriage. I need a new job. If I, just, if I was just in a different location, things would be better. But, but here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You take you with you wherever you go. You really do. You don't go somewhere by yourself. You're always with you. And so if you have a spiritual flat tire, if you've got something that needs to change and you move to a different spot, You haven't fixed the problem. You've just relocated the problem. So what is it? What is it that you need to change? What is it that's holding you back? What what is causing you to live your life with a a spiritual flat tire? And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are probably thinking, you know what, this is dumb. This is dumb because you know exactly what your problem is. You know exactly what it is that needs to change in your life. And I wonder if anybody's ever said something like this, I just can't change. There's no way I can change. Has anybody anybody ever heard somebody say that? I can't change. There's no way that I can change. Well, what we're going to talk about the question today is, why can't I change? Why can't I change? And listen, if you've ever said that, if you've ever said that you can't change. I just want to remind you what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. He says, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. You can change because you can do all things through him who gives you strength. There's not a disclaimer in that verse where God says, hey, you know what? Your issue is too big for me to handle. Maybe I can do everything for everybody else, but not you because your problem is too big. You can change because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. So today I want to point out three things, three things that you and I really need to understand, three things that you and I really need to grasp if we really want change to become a reality in our life. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to look at a very familiar story in the Bible. It's in Luke chapter 15. It's the story of the lost son. If you want to go ahead and turn there, as you're turning there, I'm going to go ahead and give you the first thing that we need to, to realize, really, if we, if we want to change. If we really want to change, the first thing that we've got to understand is we've got to, we've got to see that change is necessary. We have to see that change is necessary. See, people have to admit that the tire is flat. They really do. And and they have to say, hey, you know what? It's not necessary to continue that way. Things have to change. See, again, this past week I was studying the scripture and I saw some things in this familiar passage. I've preached this passage many, many times, but I saw some things I don't think I've ever seen before and I want to point them out to you. Check this out. In Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11, the Bible says, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And at this point, the Pharisees and the Jewish people hearing Jesus teach this would have, would have, would have really taken a step back. What? 
What? Because exactly what's happening here is that this younger son, this younger son is looking at his father and saying, you know what? I wish you were dead. See, that's when an estate was divided is when the father died. And so this younger son, again, he's looking at his father and he's saying, give me what I have coming to me now. I wish you were dead. I don't want to see you anymore. How many of y'all got kids? If your kids said this to you, what would you do? In Jesus' name, right? That's what you do in Jesus' name. I mean, I know that's what I do, but Jesus keeps on and he says, So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Now, let me stop. He's in a distant country. He's in a distant country. He's squandering his wealth. He's in a place he didn't need to be doing things he shouldn't be doing. And watch this. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So this is the verse that I saw, something I'm not quite sure I had seen before. There is this severe famine. This severe famine comes in the land. So the question is, is it this young son's fault that there was a severe famine? famine in the land. Is it his fault that a severe famine came? No. No, right? It's not, it's not his fault, but this severe famine comes and he finds himself in need. So watch this. So he went and hired himself out to, uh, to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, this, this right here, man, would have, would have been horrible for a Jewish person because they detested pigs. They considered pigs to be unclean. They didn't even like bacon, which might be hard for you to believe because bacon makes everything better, right? Bacon makes everything better. And so they're like, man, this is, this is terrible. This is something that desperately needs to change for this young son. This is the worst flat tire that you can Imagine And so watch this. Look at verse 17. It says this. When he came to his senses. Look at your neighbor and say, he came to his senses. Man, y'all got to participate. Do better than that. Say it like you mean it. He came to his senses. Y'all still have, Hey, mate, we still here? Raise your hand. You, if you're not here, don't put your hand up, man. Y'all help me out, man. Y'all help me out. He comes to his, his senses and he says this. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. So the Bible says that this young son came to his senses. You know what he said? This this young son said, this may be the way things are. I might be wallowing around in the mud with some pigs. I might be longing to eat pig slop. This might be how things are, but this isn't the way things have to be. Somebody has to change, and that somebody who needs to change is me. He saw change as necessary. Do you know that all around us, there are people who are dealing with horrible situations, and they've got horrible circumstances, but until they admit that there is a problem, things will never change for them. Did you know that? If you're familiar with 12 Steps program, Alcoholics Anonymous, what is the very first step? Admit that you have a what? 
a problem. Admit that there is a problem because as long as you and I continue to try to think that it's not a big deal, as long as you and I continue to try to make excuses for our problem, it will never change. Seriously, if you are driving down the road this afternoon and you roll up on somebody, man, and they are driving down the road with a flat tire, I mean, that tire is gone. They're riding on that wheel. There are sparks going everywhere. And you just see them riding. What are you going to do? You're going to roll up beside them and say, hey, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. You, you got a flat tire. And so if you told that person you got a flat tire and they said, oh, yeah, I know. It's not a big deal. What would you think? Man, there's sparks going everywhere. What if that gets your gas tank? What's going to happen? Boom. Somebody's going to get hurt. And so you say, no, man, this is a big deal. And so what if you said that to the person and the person said, no, 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 it's not, it's not a big deal. And besides, I'm just praying that God's going to take care of the issue. What are you going to think? You'd look at that person like they got some severe problems and you'd say, no, 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 that's not what you need to do. You need to pull over right now. You need to go to your trunk. You need to open the trunk. You need to get out the spare tire and the jack, jack up your car, and you need to change the tire. You need to change the tire. Why don't you do something? Why don't you do something instead of praying for God to do something when it's obvious what you need to do? See, unless we see change as necessary, things are never going to change. You say, but Robert, it's not easy. Listen, I never said change would be easy. I never said it would be easy. Change wasn't easy for this son in our story. He's in a distant country. He has spent all that he has. He, he is far from home. There is this famine in the land. He's lost everything. It wasn't going to be easy, but the Bible says he came to his senses. He came to his senses. He saw that change was necessary. And so the second thing that I want you to see this morning, if you and I really want to change, not only do we have to see change as necessary, but the second thing is this. We've got to take responsibility. We've got to take responsibility. Now, now, how many of you have ever had a flat tire in real life? Like your car, your truck, something like that, you had a flat tire. A couple people, if you didn't, you're lucky, you're blessed. Uh, you know, there's really, there's really only a, a few reasons why you would have a flat tire, right? Uh, the first reason you might have a flat tire is because you flattened your own tire. Uh, you say, man, that'd be dumb, but people do it all the time, you know? Uh, um, really, in, in life, there are some people who get spiritual flat tires on their own. They do it on their own, you know what I mean? People jack up their life tremendously. Uh, I know I've done that. Sometimes you might have done that. Uh, but another reason why somebody gets a flat tire is because someone else flattened their tire. I remember when I was in college, we were at Bible college, uh, and so we used to think it was funny to go up to our friends' cars, and we would let out the air in their tire. We'd use a, a key or a rock or a penny or something like that. Don't do that. Uh, but anyway, we used to do that, and then our friend would come out like they were going somewhere, and they'd get there, and their tires are flat, and we're like, oh, what happened? You got a flat tire? Ha, 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 ha. We always laugh, but it was never funny when it happened to you. You know what I mean? It's never funny when somebody else flattened your tire. But the third reason why you can get a flat tire is because of uh, something that through no fault of your own. You know what I mean? Uh, just an outside uh, circumstance, an outside uh, situation. Uh, I remember last year, Amanda and I, we went to uh, the New Orleans Saints game. Uh, we wanted to watch the we watched the game. Who that? 
who that right. Uh, last year it was Atlanta. Atlanta really beat us really bad. And uh, but that's okay because we've got we've got more Super Bowl rings in Atlanta. If you're here and you're an Atlanta fan. Uh, but anyway, uh, so so uh, so we go. We watch the game and. After the game, we're leaving the parking garage, and I'm in line to get out, and there's somebody that's directing traffic. There's somebody directing traffic, and they look at me, and they point at me, and they're telling me to get in a different lane. And I'm like, well, man, I'm already in this lane. I don't want to get over. And so they start pointing more forcefully, you know. They're pointing, and I'm kind of getting scared, you know what I mean, because it looked like their finger was just going to come through the windshield and get me. And they're real mad about it. And so I said, okay, so I get over. I get over. I change lanes. And when I do, immediately I hit a curb. And guess what happens? My tire, my tire goes down. I busted that tire immediately. And so we're in downtown New Orleans. We're in downtown New Orleans, and I got a flat. I got a flat. And so I don't know if you've ever been to New Orleans, but there's really not a whole lot of places where you can really stop to uh, change your tire. And so we pull off into this parking lot, and it's pretty dark. And so I get out, and I'm looking at the tire, and I'm like, man. And so I go to the trunk, and I'm getting the tire out, and I start changing the tire. And as I'm changing this tire, this man comes out of the bushes, just out of nowhere. He's, he's, this is a true story. So he's, he's out of the bushes, and, man, he was, he, was, he was drunk, man. He was gone. He was either drunk or high. I'm not real sure. And so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I, I don't have my gat. You know, I mean, I got these guns, you know, if somebody rolled up on me. And so, and so I'm thinking, man, I got I to gotta be, be ready. So I'm trying to watch this guy, but he's just sitting there looking at me like this. And he's rubbing his belly. I was like, he finna eat me? And so it's really scary. It's really uncomfortable. I don't know what's going on. And so I'm trying not to turn my back to this guy because, again, if it's going down, I want to know what's happening. And so I'm, I'm sitting there. Amanda's, like, Amanda's kind of freaking out, too. And so I'm changing the tire, and the guy's going, you're doing a good job. And I was like... <laughs> I said, uh, thanks, man, thanks. And so I changed the tire, and like, right, as soon as we're finishing changing the tire, 5-0, the cops, they roll up, and the guy, he goes back into the bushes. We, he disappears. It was like, I don't know what happened. And so we, we roll out of there. We roll out of there. But here, here's the deal. When you've got a flat tire, it doesn't matter how you got it. It doesn't matter how you got it. Until you and I take responsibility, until we take responsibility, it's never going to get fixed. And it's the same way when we have problems in life. Look, the son, the son in our story, the son in our story, man, he, he didn't lay in the mud with the pigs and, and think, you know what? This is all my dad's fault. If my dad wouldn't have given me what I asked for, I, I wouldn't be in this situation. This, this son didn't say, you know what? Not only is this my dad's fault, but this is my mom's fault. My mom should have talked my dad out of this. This man didn't say, you know what? It's my brother's fault. Because he, he always hated me. He was, he was dad's favorite. He, he, never, he didn't say any of that. He didn't say, you know what? You know what's wrong? Man, the, the problem is my life has just been so hard. He didn't blame other people because had he blamed other people for the situation that he was in, the story would have sounded much, much different. Jesus would have said, hey, you know what? There was a son. He went to his father. He asked for what he had come to him after he died. He got it. He went to another place. He squandered everything he had. He complained about everybody else, and then he died. That's how the story would have gone. That's how the story would have gone. He took responsibility, though. And that's what you and I have to do. If it's, if it's our flat tire, we've got to take responsibility. Listen, I know that every person in this room, you've got a story about how somebody hurt you, how maybe you were, you were abused, how you were used. We all do, self-included. We've, we've got a story like that. I'm just saying that, that it, you, I'm just saying you can't control what happens to you. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control your attitude about it from this point on. Even if someone came along 
and flattened your tire, even if they caused you all sorts of problems, even, even if they've messed up your life, you can say, hey, you know what? From this moment on, I'm not going to let them continue to mess up my life because Jesus can help you, and with the power of Jesus, you can do all things. The son, again, who was going through this, he didn't see the famine coming. The son didn't, didn't see this famine coming. It came, and he didn't make excuses. So why do we make excuses? Why do we always make excuses for our problems? Why do we make excuses for the things that hold us back? Why do we say things like, this is just the way I am? Why do we say that? Why do we say, this is just the way I was raised? Why do we say things like, I was, I was born this way? Well, yeah, you were born this way. Man, did you know you were born jacked up and messed up? You were. We're all born with a sinful nature. We're so messed up. I remember when I was younger, I used to struggle with anger. I really did. Even when I was in Bible college, I struggled with anger. And I remember one time being out on the basketball court, playing basketball with some of my best friends, and I grabbed one of my closest friends by the shirt. And I, I mean, I, was, I took hold of him. And I, I said, man, I will kill you. And I meant it. And I remember later that day, I had another friend come to my room and said, hey, man, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. And he, he confronted me about that. He said, you've got a problem. And you know what I did? I tried to make excuses for it. I said, you know, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I am. I was born that way. I was making excuses. And then after, after the friend who was confronting me left, I'm in the room by myself. And you know who else came and confronted me about it? God. And God said, you know what, Robert, you may have been born that way, but now you've met me, and you weren't reborn that way. You weren't reborn that way. You weren't meant to live your life that way. Listen, again, I know that you've been hurt. I know that some of us, we've been abused. It, things might have messed up our life tremendously, but you know what? We've got to decide today that we're not going to let what messed up our life in the past continue to mess up our life in the future because we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We, we may have been a victim, but we got to drop that victim card because victims never walk in victory. And we follow a man who was victimized. We follow a man who was crucified. We follow a man who was buried. But three days later, Jesus rose up out of the grave to prove to you and prove to me that we don't have anything the world can throw at us that will hold us back. We can overcome anything through the power of Christ who works in us. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So if you want to change, you got to see change is necessary. If you want to change, you got to take responsibility. And the third thing that I want you to see, if you really want to change, you've got to live obediently. you got to live obediently. So what is it in your life that needs to change? What's your flat tire? What's holding you back? Is it the person that you're dating? Is it the person that you're, you're with that you know God doesn't want you guys together? Is it the person that you're living with and you're not marrying? Is it alcohol? Is it drugs? What is it that, that's holding you back? What is it that you know you need to change. And the truth is, each and every one of us in this room, we've got something that needs to change. We do. And once, once, we, once we admit it, once we say, you know what, change is necessary, 
And once we take responsibility, here's what I can't promise you. I cannot promise you that once you say, you know what, Jesus, I'm tired of living this way and I want to change, I cannot promise you that things are automatically going to get better. I can't. In fact, I'll tell you that things probably won't automatically get better. But that's really what everybody wants. People want things to change automatically, to get better automatically. That's why people will join a gym and they'll say, hey, you know what, I'm going to get ripped. I'm going I'm to I'm get, get buff. I'm going to get a six-pack abs, you know, not, not anything else. But I'm going to get a six-pack. I'm going to get a six-pack. Six and so they'll go to the gym and they'll do one sit-up. And then they'll go and stand in front of the mirror and they'll say, why isn't this working? Man, forget it. I quit. It takes time, right? I know men who have messed up their marriages for years, for years. And then they'll decide, hey, you know what? I want to get back in this thing. And so they'll get back in it and they'll give it all they got for three days and the wife doesn't respond the way that they want to. And you know what they'll say? Well, forget it. I quit. Man, look, if you messed up your marriage for years... It's going to take you a little while to get things back on track. It's going to take you a little while. It's going to take you a little while, but you've got to stick with it. I want you to see this in our story. This son, he comes to his senses. He realizes change is necessary. He's in the pig pen. He's walling around the mud. mud. He's not blaming anybody else, and he says, this is my life. I've got to change, and watch what happens. In verse 18, he says, I will set out and go back to my father. Now, let me stop. What country is this guy in? A distant country. He's in a distant country. He wasn't just going to have to walk next door. He wasn't. He was traveling some distance. He had to set out to get back to his father. This was going to take some time. This was going to be difficult. He didn't have any money. He lost it all. There was, there was no telling how long this journey was really going to take. But this son, this son, he sees change as necessary. He's taking responsibility. And he says, you know what? I don't know how long the journey is going to take. It may take three months. It might take three years. I don't know, but I'm going to keep on going. And when circumstances come in my life that try to hinder me and stop me, I'm going to keep on going. I don't know how my dad's going to respond when I get there, but I'm going to keep on going. I don't know how my mom's going to respond, how my brother's going to respond, but I am going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on taking my next step and my next step. You've got to persevere. You've got to continue to move forward. And today, I believe with all of my heart that there's someone here. And if you're really going to change, you're going to have to take responsibility and you're going to have to continue to live obediently, even when it takes a while for things to work out. You're going to have to step up. I believe that with all of my heart. And here's the thing. You say, well, I don't know what'll happen. If I do that, I don't know what'll happen. I don't know how things are going to work out. Look, I can't tell you what the journey will be like when you start to try to change. But I can tell you what the end of the journey looks like. Look at the Bible. The Bible says this in verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Listen, God's not mad at you. He's not. When you step towards him, when you step towards him, he sees you and he's filled with compassion. The Bible says that this father, 
he sees him and he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring a ring on his fi- put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I don't know what the journey will look like for you, but I know at the end of the journey, there is celebration. There is excitement. And so listen to me. I'm I'm, I'm wrapping up. I want you to see something, though, in verse 22. I want you to see something in verse 22. Check this out. The Bible says this. We just read it. It says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. So think about this son. He's been wallowing around in the mud with pigs. He's dirty. He's filthy. He didn't want to be in those clothes he's wearing. But you know what? He's lost everything. Remember, he squandered everything. He lost it all. He lost it all. And so he wanted to, wanted to change, but he couldn't. But when he gets back in a right relationship with the father, the father changed his robe. The father put a ring on his finger. The father changed his sandals. The father changed his son because the son said, you know what? I'm going to take my first step and then my next step and my next step back to the father. And when the father saw the son, he ran to him, not to condemn him, but to embrace him. Because the change that this boy needed to experience was the change that only the father could actually give him. But the change for this son didn't happen. Until the son said, you know what? I've got to change. It's necessary. It didn't happen until the son took responsibility and said, you know what? I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going back to where I need to be. I'm going back to where I need to be because I'm tired of living this way. See, if you're a follower of God, God doesn't intend for you to walk around with a spiritual flat tire. He doesn't intend for you to live your life with whatever that thing is that's holding you back. He doesn't. He doesn't. And so for the person here today who says, you know what? I've tried to change, and I just can't. I just want to remind you that Paul said we can do all things through him who gives us strength. You can change. You can change by the power of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. I'm not real sure where you're at this morning, but I wonder today. I wonder today if there's somebody here who knows that they need to change. Man, maybe you're here today and you're just one of those religious people like Paul. 
you're just one of those religious people, but you don't know God. You really don't. And today you want to give your heart to him. Maybe you're here today and you're like the son who walked away. And you've been wallowing around in mud and dirt and sin, stuff you don't need to be messing with. And you need to step back to God. Or maybe you're here today and, again, you just don't know God. But you know today that you want to you give your heart to him so that he can bring the change that you actually need. If you're here today and you know you need to be saved right where you are, I'm going to ask that you lift your hand. You need to be changed by God. Amen. You know that you need to be changed. Amen. If you raise your hand, I'm going to ask right where you are that you just pray this prayer. Father, forgive me for all of my sins. Today I ask that you would come into my heart. Father, that you truly would save me so that I can be changed into the person that you want me to be. I accept you. I confess you as Lord. And I thank you today for making me whole. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would allow me to be the witness I need to be for you. And Father, when I'm tempted to stop the journey with you, that I'll keep on going, that I'll keep on moving, no matter what. Thank you. Father, I also want to pray for each person in this room. God, I ask that you would help each and every one of us to think about the thing in our life that needs to change. And help us, Father, admit that problem. Help us, Father, to realize that we weren't meant to live that way. Help us take responsibility and begin to live obediently because we want to be your people. Thank you for what you're doing. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.